Have you ever heard of a Christmas tree being intentionally set up upside down? I mean, I don't mean like my tree, which was virtually upside down when it toppled over a couple weeks ago. I mean like intentionally setting up a tree so that it's upside down. Apparently, this is a thing. A, a few years ago, the singer Ariana Grande posted a picture to her Instagram account that was subsequently liked by like more than 2 million people of her Christmas tree hanging from the ceiling. She's not the only one in uh, the Vancouver airport. The Fairmont Hotel has made a tradition of setting up their Christmas tree upside down. People know this. They go and take selfies with the thing. You can even buy upside down Christmas trees in stores. They sit on the floor, but the pointy end is at the bottom and the wide base and the trunk point towards the ceiling. Apparently, people want to celebrate Christmas with the tree upside down. It's actually a tradition that's been going on for hundreds of years, stretching almost all the way back to the Middle Ages, where poor people hung their Christmas trees from the rafters because their tiny spaces, it allowed them to save floor space in their little homes. When Grande was asked why she hung her Christmas tree upside down, she said it was a metaphor for her life that year, which was the best year for her career and one of the worst years of her life. Sometimes she said, life just be upside down. And upside down Christmas trees are for people whose lives are upside down. They're like a cry from the heart for God to step in and to do something to turn their upside down world upside down. There's a year where the upside down Christmas tree could be a fitting symbol for all of us. It has to be this year. I mean, our world has been upside down mostly for the last couple years. Start with the pandemic and all the anxiety that it brings and all the grief that we carry and all the frustration and exhaustion and trauma we've experienced, the economic turmoil, the loneliness or conflict of being in lockdown by ourselves or with people we don't get along with that well, the strain that it's put on all of our relationships, never mind the faith questions and the doubts that we've experienced. But all of that was actually just heaped on top of all sorts of other upside downness in our world, racial tensions and like Black Lives Matter protests and indigenous graves being discovered and climate crises and political turmoil. And all of that stuff was happening on top of all of the normal challenges and struggles and questions and doubts that we were already experiencing. I think the last couple of years have been the most upside down in my lifetime. This Christmas is worthy of having our Christmas trees upside down because they're for people whose lives are upside down and whose world is upside down and who are crying out for God to step in and do something to turn our upside down world upside down. And that is exactly what we celebrate in Christmas that that's what God has done in Jesus, at least in the way that Mary, Jesus' mother, describes it and celebrates it in Luke chapter 1. This is what she says. Mary said, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior. 
He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is God's name. Mary says, I celebrate and rejoice in the very depths of my being, who God is and what God has done because God has chosen me, this young, teenaged, virgin girl to bear and carry God's own son, to be the conduit of God's powerful rescuing love entering into God's creation. Mary marvels at the fact that God has taken her low status, her low social standing, and turned it upside down, and that from now on she will be highly favored. She says, from now on, everything is going to be different because of what God has done in me through Jesus for my life and for the world. That's the pattern of the whole Christmas story. That's what God does. In the Christmas story, it is not Herod, king of Israel, or Caesar Augustus, the ruler of Rome, who's the most important person in the story. It is an infant lying in a feeding trough in a forgotten town, in a rural backwater, in a far-flung province of the Roman Empire called Judea. It's not the royal advisors in the neighboring city of Jerusalem who come and worship the coming of the Messiah. It is the royal advisors from far-flung lands who travel for months and maybe even years to come and give their gifts to the king of the Jews. It's not the religious elites in Israel, the influencers and culture shapers who announce the coming of Jesus. It is these unclean, irrelevant, blue-collar shepherds working a night shift who first hear what's happened from the angels and who, who are the first ones to share what they've seen with their own eyes, that the Savior has come. In the Christmas story, it's not the men but the women who, who celebrate and who sing and who speak the good news of what God has done. All the way through the Christmas story, God steps in and he invites, he lifts up the lowly and the humble. He invites the outsider in. He welcomes the forgotten and the ignored. God takes the upside down world and turns it upside down. It's not just what God does at Christmas. It's what God does. It's who God is. Mary says that's what makes God, quote, holy, which just means unique or set apart or different from the rest. It's what makes God the one of a kind kind of God that God is. It's that God steps in and turns everything upside down. Mary says what God did for her, God is now going to do for everyone else and for the rest of the world. She says this, God shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors God as God. God has shown strength with God's arm. God has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. God has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. 
Mary says, God has stepped into the world. And despite present appearances, God is in Jesus at Christmas, turning everything upside down. That in Jesus, God is pulling down the proud and the arrogant who run the world or at least imagine that they do. God is unseating those who are clamoring after uh, political power and trying to consolidate their strength. And instead, in Jesus, God is lifting up the humble and the lowly. In Jesus, God is pulling down those who have Uh, accumulated unjust wealth on the backs of the poor, exploiting the labor of others and who have hoarded it to themselves in luxury and comfort and ease. And instead, God is lifting up the poor and the forgotten and the ignored. The hungry and the have-nots will be filled with good things. God in Jesus is turning this upside-down world upside-down. In fact, Mary is so sure of it, she talks as though all of it has already happened. She talks in the past tense, even though this is all still very much a present tense reality in our world, which is still too often in the grips of the 1%, the arrogant and the proud, those who have exploited the poor, those who have grasped at and consolidated political power, um, those who have filled our world with the mistreated and the oppressed, the abused and exploited, the forgotten and the ignored. And Mary says, God in Christ is stepping into the world and is going to fight for those who do not have the position or the power to fight for themselves. God is coming to lift up the lowly. And she is so sure that God will do it. She speaks of it as though it is already done. That is the good news of Christmas. And in Mary's song, there's an invitation to, in fact, for you and for me. The first invitation is that we would just receive what God wants to do in Jesus in our upside down lives. Now, it doesn't mean that what God wants to do in Jesus is immediately free us from all of our difficult circumstances. That's very rarely what happens. In fact, very little changed in the world on the day that Jesus was born. But what it can mean is that we, like Mary, receive in the very depths of our being the life and the love of God in Jesus and let it grow in us. Let it begin the process of bringing healing to our souls, of setting us free from guilt and shame, of flooding our hearts with love and meeting us in the midst of our aloneness and reconciling relationships that are strained. It it means allowing us to open ourselves up and allow the seeds of hope to be planted and to begin to believe in the possibility of real change for us and in us and all around us. It is an invitation for us to receive the life of God in the depths of our being and allow God to begin to turn our upside down lives upside down. But the second invitation is not that we would just receive it. It's that we would experience it as something to participate in. 
what God has always wanted for the world, what God has begun to do in Jesus. God has carried on through Jesus' people around the world and throughout history when we have been at our best. And it's an invitation to receive the life and the love of God in us so that we can become the kind of people who choose quietness and humility rather than arrogance and pride in the way we relate to the people around us. So we can become people um, who choose meekness and gentleness rather than power and strength in the way that we relate to the world. So we can become people who choose generosity and sacrifice rather than comfort and ease in the way that we relate to those who have less than us. It's an invitation to, like Jesus, be people who put at the center the forgotten and the ignored, the lowly and the humble, to fight for those who don't have the position and power to fight for themselves, to welcome the outsider in, and to fill the hungry and the have-nots with good things. It is to participate with Jesus in turning this upside-down world upside-down again. Friends, upside-down Christmas trees are for people whose lives are upside-down, who have a heart cry for God to step in and to turn their upside-down lives upside-down, to turn them right-side-up again. Upside-down Christmas trees are for people who, in faith in Jesus, want to live lives that are faithful and participate with Jesus in turning our upside-down world upside-down, turning it right-side-up again. And the question for you is, will you open yourself up to being one of those kinds of people this Christmas? Around Southridge, one of the people who's been one of those kinds of people is a friend of ours named Dave Nelder. Dave is someone whose life was at one time upside down and who by experienced by putting his faith in Jesus, he experienced Jesus turning his upside down life upside down. And then who decided out of faithfulness to Jesus to participate in Jesus turning other people's upside down worlds upside down again. And we thought that maybe hearing Dave's story this Christmas could encourage us all to participate in faith and love in the life of a God who's turning our upside down world upside down. Check out Dave's story.